there are two companies out right now uh, that are publicly traded. Uh, one is called Archer Aviation and the other is Joby Aviation. And they're the two primary um, companies in this space. And I say that because they are currently testing, they're getting their FAA certifications, getting their safety profiles up. And Archer, the first one, signed a deal with uh, United Airlines, and they're going to be taxiing people um, around Chicago. And just to think about it, it's, it's pretty cool. Like, you know, instead of having to go through traffic, instead of taking an Uber, you can call up one of these companies and they'll just come drop, you know, vertical takeoff landing. Um, they'll come to remote areas, pick you up, take you to the airport. And I think it could be even bigger than that. Um, that's kind of where they're starting. Hey, you got Luke Burgess here with the Angel Research Podcast. Today I'm here with Alex Bolden. Hey. Alex is the editor of the Insider Stakeout. He also writes for Outsider Club and Wealth Daily. Alex, thanks very much for being here. Hey, Luke, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So we're going to talk about a few different things uh, today. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about are jetpacks. Um, now, first of all, are we talking, wh what are we calling these things? Are they jetpacks from the from the videos that I've seen online? They look very much like jetpacks to me, but I'm assuming that there, there's probably a more proper name. Is it jet suits? So I think there, there is a distinction between the two. Uh, Your more traditional jetpack is kind of you know like a backpack like you strap on and you have the rocket boosters um now this company that has put out a lot of videos that you've probably seen it's called gravity industries and they're based out of california and they're saying that they are making jet suits um and these are different from jetpacks because you are strapped in to rocket boosters essentially with your arms and you're controlling them with your body. And this is apparently much safer, uh, more intuitive for the user. Because uh, you can imagine if you have something on your back, you have thrusters and you, you're gonna have to turn it. Um, but these are more fluid, so you can kind of fly in and out. So yeah, I think jet suit is the, uh, is the right term for this. I see. As, you know, as soon as you explain that, I totally get it. Now, the jetpack is something that's going to sit on your back where mm -hmm. these things, they sit on your arms. I've seen the videos. Yeah. Um, so what are the applications for these things? Because, I mean, to me, it just it looks like a lot of fun. I mean, I can imagine people uh, racing around in these things. I mean, I, the video that I saw, I guess the most popular video is where on the top of your video where they're racing uh, the car. Um, and I could see people racing in sport, but, like, what are some, like, other applications for these things? Yeah, I, I do like the racing. I think that's really cool. Um, I think that the most, there's probably two um, applications. One of them is kind of um, aerial rescue. Okay. Um, where you're going to be flying into maybe a remote area. Maybe um, you're launching off of a ship and you're getting to a remote spot where a helicopter or an airplane or, you know, a boat can't get in um, and you need to be there quickly. Um, now, one of the drawbacks of 
of these is um at least right now the uh you know i think they can only fly for like 10 minutes at a time so obviously that's not where it needs to be um and that's because they use jet fuel um currently and I think one of the the other applications is for the military, um, but it's the same kind of deal. The videos that I've seen are people launching maybe in into uh, remote locations, maybe onto a boat um, for rescue. And I've seen the videos where they they've got rifles on their backs and they kind of land um, and they're they're training right now with them. Um, so I think this is going to be used in the military like very soon. And it looks kind of like a Halo suit, if you ever played Halo back in the day on Xbox. Um, and so, yeah, one of the drawbacks, obviously, is the cost of the jet fuel. It's not cheap, um, but they are starting to make uh, electric uh, applications for this. So... They're going to be using jet suits that use batteries instead of, of jet fuel. And I think that's kind of where this is headed. It's the future. So the company that's making these now, um, Gravity, uh, I'm assuming they're not making them for the retail market. I'm assuming it's uh, a custom thing that you'd have to order and I'm sure uh, train for before you even buy. Oh, yeah, yeah. You. It looks like from what I've been seeing that it takes a lot of training um, and actually, one of the reasons that they're switching to electric pack or electric uh, suits is because when you are training with the jet fuel, um, it obviously produces a lot of heat and people are injuring themselves while they're training. So they're switching to an electric application for training purposes. Um, now, on the website that I saw, you can go in as a as a civilian, you don't have to be military, I, I don't believe. Um, and you can just try them out um, at the company's facilities. So I don't know, maybe we should take a trip down there. I should love that. Yeah. I guess, you know what, they, maybe they're just selling an experience now, similar yes. to the way yes. um, uh, those zero gravity planes sell that uh, zero G experience. Yeah, and the the skydiving companies. I yeah, yeah. The, in, the, I don't know. Yeah, the indoor. Eye flight or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So what's what do you think is the future of this technology? Are we how close are we to seeing like you know army men flying around in these things? Is it is it pretty far off or what do you think? I think there are a couple. I th I'm sorry, it won't. It probably won't be the army flying around in these things, but I'm sure some other branch. But go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not exactly sure. Um, you know what branch would be using them, um, but I, I think one of the like I said, the drawback is creating a cost-effective system. Um, batteries are obviously going to be more expensive um, in the short term. Once we are able to bring costs lower for precious metals um, and find you know efficient ways to make the batteries and make them cheaper, then this could be... Something that we'll see in the in the next decade, I think. One application that I can actually see it potentially being used for is personnel transfer. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, how uh, people get from the ships to like oil platforms. 
Uh, but it's basically mm -hmm. a basket. They just hang onto this basket and sort of like swing over there. Yeah, that might be that might be a very expensive option. Uh, but as costs come down, uh, maybe it will be feasible. How much do these things cost now? I really don't know. You don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I'm um, assuming they're in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. I would I would think I would think so. Um, I, from what I saw, um, I don't see anything on their website that talks about price but obviously if you contact them they're gonna you know they're gonna try to sell you out on that but uh, well they're not selling them retail anyway it's, yeah exactly. I, i'm sure it's like a, it's a, a boutique thing that you know you'd have to get uh, bespoke at this point yes. i'm sure yeah so the next thing i want to talk about is gold and i want to talk to you specifically about gold uh or specific to you about gold uh, because it was several weeks ago now that you asked me about buying gold mm -hmm. and did you ever buy it I did not. Um, something that I should have done <laughs> because gold is now sitting at all-time highs. Is that correct? It is. Um, well, last night, gold reached an all-time high of $2,085 an ounce, Okay. Um, which is the all-time nominal high. It's not the inflation-adjusted high, um, but yeah, all-time nominal high. Yeah. So, you know, so <clears throat> the reason I wanted to talk about that is that this is not uncommon. Uh, honestly, about nine out of ten people who ask me about gold probably don't end up buying it. Mm -hmm. And my and I'm curious, um, what was it? Why why didn't you? Was it is it because it was just too much of a pain in the ass, which it is uh, sometimes? Um, was it you were was it like you were afraid to be scammed? What were the reasons that you did you decided to hell with it? Yeah, that, that's a that's a really good question. Um, I think the the main issue for me is finding a reputable um, store where you can buy it, um, and you know you recommended a place, and it's about thirty minutes from from our offices. Um, and you specifically did not want to get it mailed uh, because you didn't want the to have to deal with the package and having the package delivered. Uh, and if it might be like delivered to your house, having it right. set on the, the front stoop, which right. we have a problem with here in Baltimore. Yeah, I didn't want it delivered, uh, the possibility of it getting lost in the mail. I didn't want to buy it from a company that's holding it because if they can hold it, I can hold it. Um, I'm not too worried about it getting stolen. And they're going to charge you for that, holding it as exactly. well. Um, there is an interesting company that I started using probably four or five years ago, four or five years ago called uh, Glint. Have you heard of Glint? No. So Glint is a debit card, essentially. And you purchase gold on through the company and they put it on your debit card um, and they hold the gold. So you are basically earning whatever the, you know, it could be going up, it could be going down on your debit card, but you're basically using gold as cash. And I've, I've used that in the past and I, I haven't had any problems with them. Um, I used all of the gold in my account a couple of years ago. You know, if I had held it, it would have been a worth a little more, but it's kind of an interesting way to use gold that is not going to a physical store and buying it. Um, and I think the other problem that I had with just buying it physically was, you know, what is the, what is the ultimate goal, uh, 
when you're buying it, it, it to me it's reselling it for a higher value so if you go back to that store and sell it to them they're pro- i don't know they're probably not i don't have a lot of experience with that so they're probably not going to give you a i don't know a good price for it do you have experience with Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Like, yeah, I could tell you yeah. all about this. Okay, so I mean it depends on like what type of coins that you're talking about. All yeah. all gold bullion coins come with a premium. Uh when you go back to sell them, some they do come with a premium. They actually do sell with a premium. The, the right. seller will sell them back or will give you a premium back. Um that's mostly uh, the, the very well-known co- gold bullion coins, the American Eagle and the um Canadian Maple Leaf. Um as far as reputable dealers, uh, any anybody that you find that is an, an authorized dealer from of the U.S. Mint is pretty much going to be a reputable dealer. Okay. That's a very thing. It's a very tricky thing to get. Uh, that's not something they want to lose. They don't want to even risk uh, losing that status. Right. Um, so it, the most the, the sketchiest thing to do when you're buying gold is to buy it from eBay uh, or some other private seller, particularly like a pawn shop. Never buy anything from a pawn shop. Okay. Um, so- but if it's a big company that is an authorized dealer or an authorized mint dealer. Okay. They're, pr- they're probably pretty reputable. Okay. Yeah, that's good advice. Um, but yeah, so gold now is at uh, super high prices. Um, but, you know, I generally, when I'm investing in gold, I do own some gold bullion. Um, but when I, I'm usually investing in uh, stocks, mining stocks or uh, exploration stocks. Is that anything that you have interested in, or are you only is- interested in uh, the bullion for protection? I think initially you think about it in terms of protection, yeah. in terms of a hedge. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you're looking at it in order to, you know, buy securities, um, I think gold and gold. I, I've bought gold miners in the past, um, but this cycle like this year i just didn't really look into it that much um are there any gold miners that you think are going to continue profiting from this um rising gold prices well i mean they technically they all pretty much should as long as there's you know as long as they're all making money um i i actually think like if gold prices go up you could pretty much just throw uh uh, a dart at a board at any a bunch of gold companies and you're going to find a winner but I think the at first the biggest winners are going to be um, the big name players. I mean, I'm talking about like Newmont, Barrick, Royal Gold. Um, these are the companies that everybody knows. When people think gold prices are going up, they're thinking about these companies. Those are the ones that are going to be bought first. Um, and then later on, it'll be like the smaller development companies and then um, the exploration companies that that play catch up. Um, but yeah, I actually think it'd be very easy to make money uh, in a in a rally. Just with these these large uh, mining companies. Uh, you predicted that gold would reach above two thousand. Um, do you have any predictions for the end of the year or within the next couple of years? What do you What do you think? Wait, who's Who's be? interviewing here? Here, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, okay. So I actually I, I've said mo- many times uh, one not not just this podcast but other podcasts. I actually don't like to. Um, give like a gold price forecast. Uh-huh. And it's actually because of something I told you uh, a, a while ago. It's it's because it's it's going to be disappointing. 
Right. You know, if I'm if I'm giving you a gold price, you're going to be very disappointed, even if I tell you six thousand dollars an ounce, which I actually this is my prediction. I think the gold prices are going to go about to sixty five hundred dollars an ounce, but that's very underwhelming because um, that means the gold price is going to increase three hundred percent. Then the objection people are going to have is, well, why should I buy crypto that increased ten thousand mm-hmm. percent? Um, but what they don't understand is, I again, I'm not investing in the physical gold bullion as much as I am these uh, junior gold stocks, which are, they're leveraged to the price of gold. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, I am going after the, the, the thousand percent gains. It's, it's just, uh, it's, uh, uh, the price of gold is un- always underwhelming. And like I was saying to you, when you, if you buy the physical gold, right. you're going to be underwhelmed. Yeah. You're going to spend uh, $2,000 on uh, an ounce of gold that's about the size of a thick quarter. And you're going to be like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone says the first time they buy gold. I've been with many people the first, and they they always say like, "That's it. That's yep. that's all I get." Yep. I own the only gold I own is a tenth of an ounce, um, little tiny coin. Um, so I'm holding on to that. Um, now, what about silver? Is that something that you're interested in, or something maybe you haven't even considered? I've considered it just because it's much cheaper. Yeah. Um, but it tends to also, I mean, that would also be underwhelming. Um, I, I don't know where silver is going to is gonna go. I think people, it's kind of the same with, with crypto where you're like, well, Bitcoin's the big dog. You know, that's what I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to buy gold. I'm going to buy the gold. Like I'm not going to, not going to mess with the, the other stuff. But actually with silver, <clears throat> it's sort of the opposite. Yeah. It's a little too much. Okay. Uh, silver is uh, $23 an ounce, um, and silver is it's, it's lighter than gold, so the, the ounce coin is going to be bigger. Um, about the size of uh, a half dollar or maybe like a size of an old Morgan dollar. Um, but yeah, like a couple thousand dollars in silver, is it's pretty big, whereas a couple thousand dollars in gold is very, right, very right, small. Right. Uh, actually, one of the one of the reasons that uh, I actually don't like to buy a lot of silver bullion is because storing it is such a mm-hmm. pain in the butt. It's actually not storing it so much as it is just moving it around. You know what I mean? And you just don't want to do that. Um, do do gold miners typically also mine silver? Is yeah, that... yeah, yeah. So um, for the most part, most miners are uh, polymetallic miners. They're if they're mining precious metals, it's usually gold and silver, gold and copper, or gold, silver, and copper, okay. um, among other things. Um, I think copper is something that I'm interested in knowing more about as well, um, more so than silver. Um, but how does – I guess one one question I have with the whole industry is with – um, precious metals in general, um, and mining and batteries are going in everything now with EVs. Um, how is that affecting the market in general? Um, is it just going to cause all of these precious metals to go up in value? Um, yeah. What do you, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah. So, it's going to have, uh, it's going to affect the price of precious metals. Uh, it's probably not going to drop. I'm sorry, uh, of, of of things like copper prices, copper prices. 
Uh, it's probably not, uh, electric vehicles are probably not going to drive copper prices, but they are absolutely going to have an effect on them. Um, the, the, we use copper for everything, you know. Um, it's just one more thing that's going to add to the demand. Um, but I actually think that there are other metals uh, that uh, have a bigger opportunity other than copper. I think tin mm. is going to be a, a big, big, big winner. So let me ask you, what else are you looking at for the rest of the year, investment-wise? What are the what are big themes that you're you're going to be going after? So, I think for the past since um, early 2020. I was heavily investing uh, in dividend paying companies, um, basically holding companies. Um, I was looking at the the top dividend stocks. Um, one company that I personally was invested in was Icon Enterprises. Um, and I don't know if you've heard anything about that, um, but the, there was a do you know uh, the short seller? Um, I think it goes by the name of Hindenburg. Hindenburg, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if it's just one guy or if it's a company, um, but he came out with a report on Icon Enterprises, and dude, the thing just got demolished. A third of its value gone. Um, Carl Icon, the guy who runs the fund, lost somewhere between like six and ten billion dollars in 24 hours. Um, now some people might see that as a buying opportunity. Um, it seems sketchy. Um, earnings are coming out next week. Um, but that's something that, that I'm just interested in looking at for me personally. One of the only reasons that I would buy a single stock is if that company is going to pay me to hold it. And that's what I'm looking at uh, primarily. Um, other trends, um, I know that we wanted to talk about like um, more EV companies, um, specifically electric um, flight and like electric airplanes. And I think that's kind of goes back to what we we're talking about, the jet suits, but... Um, I think that's a very interesting uh, sector that's going to disrupt the the airline industry, which to me is kind of rife for uh, rife for just for um, um, a change. Yeah, actually, going back to the um, the the jet suits, a few years ago there was there was a big uh, thing about the advance. I actually wrote it down: the electric vehicle takeoff and sorry. Electric vertical takeoff and lift lift vehicles, and landing I, and yep. landing vehicles. Yeah, <laughs> EVTOL. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was very interested in these things. Um, I think it's because I'm such a Star Wars fan, and mm -hmm. I saw as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god, they made a Star Wars speeder like yeah, for yeah, real, yeah. and it works. It's amazing." Yeah. Um, is that something that you think is is also could be uh, big in the future? I do. Uh... Within the next couple of years, really, um, there are two companies out right now uh, that are publicly traded. Uh, one is called Archer Aviation, and the other is Joby Aviation, and they are the two uh, primary um, companies in this space. 
And I say that because they are currently testing, they're getting their FAA um, certifications, getting their safety profiles up. Um, and Archer, the first one, um, signed a deal with uh, United Airlines, and they're going to be taxiing people um, around Chicago. And just to think about it, it's, it's pretty cool. Like, you know, instead of having to go through traffic, instead of taking an Uber, you can call up one of these companies and they'll just come drop, you know, vertical takeoff landing. Um, they'll come to remote areas, pick you up, take you to the airport. And I think it could be even bigger than that. Um, that's kind of where they're starting, but I, I really think that they want to be a driver in the space and maybe even do longer distances. Um, but for right now, they're kind of just working with the, the airlines and taking people in and out and Archer specifically should be ready by 2025. So just a couple of years. Um, the other company, Joby, um, just signed a deal with uh, the Air Force and the Department of Defense uh, for a $130 million contract. And uh, like, you know, like you said, I, I'm editor for Insider Stakeout. So I look at things like congressional buying and lobbying and insider um, purchases. And both of these companies have had, um, you know, the CEOs buying shares and they both lobbied Congress for, you know, more than a million dollars since 2021. So they're really, really making moves and putting a lot of money behind this. So I think at the least 2025 is when you'll actually see one of these flying overhead if you're in Chicago and, and be like, oh, wow, should have got in on that one. So it's sort of like between maybe like a scaled down version of like a puddle jumper. Where yes. Is, is that? Yeah. It's where we're going. yeah. So just it just to take a very short distance uh, that it wouldn't be worth getting on a, a, a plane or too far for a car, too short for a plane. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, Alex, I thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks. Um, please come back again and see us soon. Yeah, thanks, Luke. So thanks for joining us. Uh, please make sure to click and subscribe and uh, comment. Let us know if, uh, if you have any topics you want us to talk about. Uh, write it down and we'll get to it. Anyway, take it easy.